Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, here we go. It's another big week in the NFL for the New Orleans Saints. This is the Saints Wire Podcast, powered by USA Today Sports. Here's your host, Ryan O'Leary, and Saints Wire editor, John Siegler. All right, week one of the NFL season, Bucks Saints, Sunday at 425. As John told me last week, it's a beautiful thing. John, how you doing, my man? Oh, doing outstanding, man. It's been it's been a fun week on the Saints news cycle. We were on Outland Kamara watch for a while, shifting gears into Jadavion Clowney watch, and now we're right back where we started with AK. One hundred percent. I'm going to touch on both of those points absolutely as we get going. But a little bit of breaking news: you were just at a Bruce Arians press conference. Uh, what do you know? What's going on with Mike Evans? Yeah, all Arians would say is that Evans is day to day with a soft tissue injury. Uh, he missed practice. Kind of touch and go here. We'll, we'll see see how how much he can contribute this week. Uh, he's had a great training camp by all accounts. Meshed really well with Tom Brady right away is that big receiving target that you know, Brady has enjoyed working with before. So it's kind of a bummer that we may not see him at full strength here in week one uh, matched up against Marshawn Lattimore. 100% because when a guy has a soft tissue injury, that means he pulled his hamstring, right? That's almost always the case. Almost always. I mean, generally it's lower body, some, some kind of a leg injury in my experience. So we'll have to keep tabs on that. Make sure you check on the Saints wire to, to see what's going on there. Let's update the Alvin Kamara situation, John. You kind of pumped the brakes on this. You said, look, let's not freak out. Everything's cool. The Saints want to keep Kamara. And uh, that seems to be the case, right? It seems like a deal is kind of materializing maybe by kickoff. Uh, what's the latest on Kamara? Yeah, so Tuesday, ESPN's Adam Schefter reported that the Saints and Alvin Kamara are extremely close on the contract uh, extension here. That they're, they're kind of fine-tuning this thing, just making sure that everybody's happy. It sounds like this deal could get done before the start of the regular season. And if so, that would be tremendous for the Saints. Just having Kamara locked in, not not just for 2020, but beyond, with you know, for life after Drew Brees would be huge for this team. Now, we don't know the exact terms of the contract. The last thing we heard was last week after the, the firestorm of the, of, the tra- of the trade rumors and the, the hold in, hold out, all, all, all of these things. The last report we heard was that Kamara and the Saints were about $2 million apart on a deal that would be paying him 12 to $14 million per year. We don't have any, haven't had any updates since then, but by all accounts, it looks like they're pretty close to cutting a deal here. Digging into this uh, matchup with the Buccaneers, which I think is going to be great, it's easy to focus on the offenses. We've talked about Mike Evans and how big of an injury that would be if he can't go here week one. Obviously, Tom Brady, Chris Godwin, the list goes on with the Bucks On the Saints side, Drew Brees, Mike Thomas, Kamara, we, we could go on and on about the offenses. But I feel like these two defenses might be a little bit better than people think. The Saints allowed a sub-90 QB rating last season, I think. And, and the Bucks had the sacks leader in, uh, in Shaq Barrett. They're a pretty good defensive team. I think they were hurt by Jameis Winston throwing the football to the opponent all year and they were on the field forever last season but they're actually pretty good too so I think the defenses aren't getting a ton of love going into this matchup maybe rightfully so but at the same time we should probably give them a little bit of love like what do you think about that side of the ball on both sides yeah I'm really intrigued to see how the Buccaneers secondary handles this they've got a rookie starter free safety Anton Winfield Jr. 
He was a great player in college. I think he's going to get the Saints in trouble. But I really wonder how a rookie in his very first start is going to handle life against Drew Brees and all the ways that he can misdirect those kinds of players. Jack Barrett's matchup is really interesting. So he did lead the, lead the NFL in sacks last year. He only had a single quarterback hit in two games against the Saints. He was shut out by Saints right tackle Ryan Ramchek. In two games against the Bucks last year, Michael Thomas had almost 300 receiving yards. Now he's got Manny Sanders running around opposite him. So that's going to be a lot to handle for the Buccaneers secondary. Uh, when, when the Bucks do have the ball, I'm expecting a huge, gosh, just a title fight. I mean, I mean, I mean it, it, it's heavyweight between Cameron Jordan, the Saints defensive end, going against Buccaneers rookie right tackle Tristan Wirfs. So, I mean, Wirfs is the best offensive line prospect come out of an offensive line factory at Iowa, but he's still a rookie going against an all-pro perennial pro, pro bowler in Jordan. So that should be just an incredible, almost like, almost like a heavyweight boxing match. I just cannot wait to see how that one unfolds. John, you did, and you stole something that I want to say that the Bucks just could not cover Michael Thomas last year. And, you know, I know he had <laughs> uh, he had unbelievable stats at the end of the season, almost 150 catches, 1,700 yards. But uh, he did most of it against the Buccaneers in two games, as you alluded to, 300 yards, three touchdowns, almost 20 catches in two games against Tampa. And I just, I have to think Mandy Sanders will help him. Maybe he, now maybe from a fantasy football perspective, people won't get the same output that he got last year. That's going to be really hard for him to replicate. I think history shows those numbers will come down a little bit. But for the Buccaneers and other teams trying to defend the Saints, what do you think the addition of Manny Sanders does for Thomas and does for the passing attack? So I think Manny Sanders is going to open up so many opportunities for the Saints uh, passing game just because they didn't have a number two receiver last year. I mean, they had Ted Ginn playing when he wasn't injured. They had Crickon Smith running routes when he wasn't injured. They, they had they were calling up guys from the practice squad, Austin Carr, Will Jordan Humphrey. I mean, Krishan Hogan. I mean, they, they were really platooning guys, trying just trying to find someone who could just fill out a snap count opposite Thomas, and they couldn't do it. Now they've got a three or four time Pro Bowler in Sanders, and I, I think he is going to give defenses fits that are on the other side of the field. I do agree that Thomas's fantasy totals are probably going to come down a bit, but that's better for the benefit of the team if he's not the one putting the team on his on his back every single Sunday. All right, we got to get to this Jadavian Clowney situation. We'll be right back on the Saints Wire podcast. Fantasy football is about proving that you are better than your friends. Sit him, start him. These are the fantasy picks of the week. It will kill me if this game ends in a tie. I need this win. This game's pretty much done. With Corey Bonini from TheHuddle.com. Corey Bonini with TheHuddle.com here to talk to you about three fantasy options that I can't wait to play in week number one. Jacksonville Jaguars quarterback Gardner Minshew. He doesn't have a running game to speak of, and he's probably going to have to throw the ball a lot to keep Jacksonville even remotely close in this one. Volume alone should keep him in the number one range for quarterbacks, but it might not be pretty in terms of turnovers. Sticking with that same matchup on the other side of things, Marlon Mack. Jacksonville has lost just about every one of note on defense in the last year or so. This was one of the best fantasy matchups for running backs last year, and one could make an argument that this team has regressed. Mack was good for 16 and 19 fantasy points respectively in PPR last year and he's not even a receiving type back. Jonathan Taylor will take some touches but Mac should be able to get his too. And the Seattle Atlanta matchup has DK Metcalf poised to be one of the top receivers of the week. He scored twice last year against them accounting for two of his seven touchdowns on the season. Seattle should be a little bit better on the back end but rookie cornerback AJ Terrell will make his first pro appearance and Metcalf can probably have his way with him. In week number one don't get too cute. Trust the guys who you drafted highly. Don't try to take too many 
many gambles and take chances where it's smart. Continuity probably will be the biggest factor in success entering the season. For more fantasy football tips and advice, check out thehuddle.com, part of the USA Today Sports Network. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Work. Another team would sign Jadavion Clowney to a contract that included a signing bonus. When a signing bonus is paid by a team, they pay the cash. That amount of money hits their salary cap. He has to be on your roster for 24 hours, and then you could trade that player. When you trade that player, if that player has guaranteed money, that guaranteed money would travel from Team A to Team B. So apparently what was going on was since the Saints didn't have that extra salary cap room, some other team would absorb the initial salary cap hit and then trade the rest of the contract. And then presumably what was reported, the Saints would have given up a second round pick for the first team to absorb part of the contract. Very creative. It's been done to a certain extent in the past. Um, I don't know exactly where things broke down. I know the league office, generally speaking, doesn't like teams to trade picks for cap room because that goes against the fundamental idea of what the system's about. It's nice john to have such an amazing gm in mike tannenbaum to help break things down you know he, he had such a such a great career tannenbaum he always made the right call so i love getting his take on things like this but this is this is interesting and and maybe Maybe this is my New England roots. We're not very fond of Roger Goodell out here. You know, what's kind of the uh, reaction in New Orleans right now to this deal getting nixed if they indeed did have it on the table? Man, it's kind of been like a passive outrage. <laughs> as, <laughs> um, as much of an oxymoron as that sounds like. Uh, you know, Goodell's not very popular down in New Orleans either. So, so there there have been a lot of... Uh, Roger Goodell, uh, clown those t-shirts uh, sold them in, in the greater New Orleans area, I, I can assure you. And so it was kind of like, oh, this is just the latest example of, of the NFL stepping on the Saints, uh, getting in their way. I don't know how much of that is 100% valid. Um, it does seem to be that things just got a little too complicated for the NFL's liking. Maybe it went against the spirit of their bylaws without the salary cap is supposed to function. I, I can't really speak to anything that hasn't already been reported on that front. Um, the Saints fans weren't very happy with how it turned out. But, you know, at the end of the day, adding Clowney was a walk, not a need. I mean, the team is sure. not going to be any less functional, any less effective, any less productive for not having Clowney. But he may have been the X factor that could put, push him over the top, you know. Yeah. So, you know, fans have mostly made their peace with it. And now they're really looking forward to seeing what we can get out of Marcus Davenport. Uh, you know, his, his nickname is Two First <laughs> after they traded it for him in the draft <laughs> years ago. This is really a make or break year for the guy. Yeah, I love that. And you think about, you know, the Titans scoop up Clowney and you think about a team like the Broncos now that lose Von Miller. That's a big that's a big breaking story that across the league this week, Von Miller possibly being out for the season with this ankle injury. The Broncos would love to bring in Clowney. You know, did they have it all worked out? Was it like how close was it? Based on reports, it seemed like it got very close there. I mean, hmm. it sounded like the Saints were very close to matching Clowney's offer. I mean, I, b- I believe that they got up to around 10 or $12 million offer for him. Clowney ended up settling for 12 with incentives getting him up to 15 with the Titans. So it, it came down to the wire. I mean, at, at the end of the day, the money was so close. I think that the opportunity for Clowney to play again with 
his old position coach, his old defensive coordinator, Mike Rabel from the Texans. I think that was a real selling point for him where the money's equal, the playing time is equal. If all things are equal, he would rather go with a coach that he knows and that he's had his best production with rather than go to an entirely new situation with just a, a week of practice to ramp up and get, in, get into football shape. Defensively, what are the Saints talking about and how do you think they're preparing for this? Kind of the unknown. We've never seen Tom Brady in a Buccaneers uniform, right? We've never seen this Bucks offense, you know, as we're going to see it on Sunday afternoon. So so what do you think about that? Just the unknown of Brady, his his new era as a Tampa Bay Buck. Like, what do you think about that? I'm not wholly convinced that the Bucks even know how this thing is going to turn out. I Seriously. mean, the marriage of... Bruce Arians, his whole philosophy is no risk it, no biscuit. The reason Jameis Winston threw 30 interceptions last year was because Bruce Arians was screaming at him to, to throw the ball downfield. <laughs> I mean, and Tom Brady doesn't really have the skill set. Just like Drew Brees, he's not going to be looking to stress defenses, defenses really deep downfield out past the sticks that often. So I'm wondering how well he's going to mesh with Mike Evans if he's able to play. I mean, he's day to day right now. Uh, he's got Chris Godwin, and then he has a bunch of unproven receivers. I mean, he, I mean, yeah, he may have looked nice in, in training camp practice. Once he's in the Superdome going against a live defense that is looking to hit him on every single down, I'm really curious to see how he adjusts to that. All right. I, I know John has some takes here on um, some things regarding the betting line for this game because I one of my favorite things to do to prep for this show is to look at John's Twitter handle. Twitter, that's at John underscore Sigler with two R's, right, John? Yes, sir. Yeah, you got you to go on John's Twitter. It's worth it. We'll be right back on the Saints Wire podcast. It's that time again for the line of the week. The inside track to the favorites, the underdogs, and the over-unders. I think I want my money back. Now, here are Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren from USA Today's Sportsbook Wire. Hello, I'm Eston McLaren of SportsbookWire.com and Bet Slippin' Podcast, and I'm joined by Jeff Clark, my colleague at SportsbookWire.com and Bet Slippin' Podcast. And here's what you need to know about the Week 1 matchup between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and New Orleans Saints. Tampa Bay is plus 145 on the money line with New Orleans Saints favored at minus 176. Jeff, which side of that do you like? I'm on the Saints. I'm on the favorites, minus three and a half. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm big about their offensive continuity. Their offensive line is going to be the hold up against uh, what should be a pretty good Tampa Bay Buccaneers pass rush. I'm not sold in the Buccaneers secondary right now, and how can you not be sold in the passing attack of the Saints? Hey, Tom Brady, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Rob Gronkowski, let's go. All-star underdog team, plus 145, locking that in week one, a big upset in NFC South. Check out Sportsbook Wire for more with all odds from BetMGM Sportsbook. Subscribe to Bet Slippin' Podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. The line for this game, Saints minus three and a half. Last time I checked, that might change if Mike Evans is indeed out for this game. So maybe it's time to pounce on the Saints on that. I don't know. The Buccaneers might be a little bit easier to defend without Mike Evans. You can really focus your defense on Chris Godwin. But you had a great tweet that Jerome Boger 
officiated two Saints road wins last season. I mean, I know the Saints are at home, but that's a good little piece of uh, that's a good little piece of information. Maybe a little wrangle action here for uh, for sports betters who might want to use that officiating edge. Yeah, it could be. And you know, I did a deeper dive on uh, Jerome Boger and his uh, NFL experience as it relates to the Saints earlier today. Over the last few years, he tends to call, call game, his crew calls games pretty, pretty evenly. Last year, they called exactly 50% of their fouls on the home team and exactly 50% on the away team. In his two games with the Saints, the first game was on the road, Saints-Jags. Saints were flagged three times, Jaguars flagged twice. That's kind of a wash. In the second game against the Titans, the Saints did win this game 38-28, to but they were fouled 11 times. Tennessee only drew six flags. It kind of could go either way. I mean, that was a situation where the Saints were the away squad. They were the ones dealing with crowd noise and the, this, this road disadvantage a bit. Maybe they were jumping more often. Maybe they were playing through the whistle a little more frequently. At any rate, I do think that this line is going to shift depending on what happens with Evans. No doubt. Um, he and Marshawn Lattimore have had some tremendous battles over the last few years, especially in the 2018 season opener. Um he is a little sensitive about about his, his uh, rivalry with Lattimore from the NFL top one the NFL Network top one top one hundred list this year. That was someone that he kind of took a couple of shots at, um, kind of got very defensive about when it came when it came to talking up Lattimore for the broadcast. And it, it's such a shame that we may not see that again this year. But if, if Evans can't go, I do think that Godwin is someone they can lean on. He's an excellent route runner. He always competes at the catch point. He, he's a great receiver. It would, it would be really interesting to see how he handles that matchup against Lattimore or if the Saints decide to keep uh, Janoris Jenkins on him. So should be a lot of fun, but I'm, I, I do wonder if the Bucks have the firepower to keep up with the Saints if Evans can't go for this game. That's a, that's a, it's a good question, and as someone who's watched all of Brady's career back out, out here in New England, I can tell you he loves guys like Godwin that can line up in the slot, that can do, you know, have a very advanced route tree, stuff like that. So uh, I think Brady was going to focus on Godwin a lot, but yeah, now if the defense is focusing on Godwin more, you don't have that guy stretching the field on the other on the outside. Could be advantage Saints, and one, another th- another note about this game on, from a betting standpoint is Brady has been favored in 74 straight regular season games. All of that, obviously, with New England. This is his first game with Tampa. His first game being an underdog in uh, 74 straight games. That That's going to be the case. We know that on Sunday for sure. The line's not shifting the other way now. It's going to shift further in the Saints' favor. But what, what do you think about this three and a half? I mean, if you can get this three and a half right now, pound it. Yeah, man, I, I'd say go for it. I mean, the Saints have not struggled to put up points at the, in the Superdome and in recent years or over the last 15 years almost. <laughs> um, and if Brady is working with the depleted receiving core, then yeah, this is one where the Saints could jump out in front and he could have to play catch up and that results in doing a lot of things that he's maybe not so comfortable with at this stage in his career, like dropping it back to pass 55 times, which is what it took to win the last time he was not a, a favorite to win a game back in 2015 mm-hmm. against uh, Rex Ryan's bill. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe Brady had 55 pass attempts in that game yeah. and if that's what he has to do against the Saints this Sunday, I'm not sure that he's cut out for it. All right, John. So Thursday, Sunday, Monday, how much football are you going to watch this weekend? Oh, man, as much as I possibly can <laughs> consume. It, it has, it's been a long summer, a long off season. I cannot wait to get back into it. Not me either, man. This can't come soon enough. So next week we get to break down this game between the Bucks and Saints. There's all kinds of storylines going on. It's going to be great. Enjoy it, my man. Enjoy it. Thanks, Ron. You as well, bud. All right. Thanks for joining us on the Saints Wire podcast. We'll talk to you all next week. 
This USA Today Sports Podcast has been presented by USA Today's Sports Media Group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.